Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. This is Kathy Barron, and we have a special guest here today. Uh, she's a professional speaker, stand-up comedian, author, disability activist, and a person who stutters. She has produced the Comedians with Disabilities Act, a national touring comedy show featuring exclusively comedians with disabilities. She's also went on to produce the first compilation album to feature disabled comedy only. Her new book, Stutterer Interrupted, The Comedian Who Almost Didn't Happen, is out now for pre-orders and officially hits the stands in August. Please welcome Nina G. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for coming in yeah, today. Thanks for having me. So let's just get to it. Um, tell me about your journey as a stand-up comedian. Oh my God, that's such a big question. Um, so I... I, my whole life, I loved comedy. My favorite thing, favorite thing, favorite thing, favorite thing. Um, when I was 11 years old, it like, you know, it's your love for comedy. If you're really into it, it metastas- metastasizes mm-hmm. into wanting to be a comic. So that's what I wanted to be when I was uh, uh, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And that, and you know, I, I would write jokes and I would like look up the open mics to see if they allowed minors and you know, I was way into it. But then eventually when I was around 16, I was like, well, this isn't gonna happen because I stutter and mm. that's it. And I let the dream die. Um, I still loved comedy and every chance that I got when I was in school, when I was in college, I would write about comedy comedy mm. um but it just the dream of being a stand-up died but i went to a conference almost 10 years ago nine years ago 10 years ago mm-hmm. um for people who stutter and every year there are multiple conferences but this one was the national stuttering association and you know, it's a conference of 500, 800, 1,000 people who s- s- stutter. And it's just so weird to be in a group of people who are just like you. Right, right. And like I, I had gone to one when I was 19, but I was a volunteer. So it didn't have the same kind of impact on me. Mm-hmm. And also in s- s- stuttering, um, if you have four of us, three are going to be men. One's going to be a woman. So, oh, interesting. As a, yeah. And then as a 19-year-old, I was way intimidated when I went to my first conference because right. it was a bunch of dudes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Um, and so then when I was 35 and I went, um, what really made an impression on me was other women. And even though many were younger, it was mm-hmm. like seeing... Like, what I saw was how much I was holding back um, because of my speech and also because of my gender. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, I wasn't saying what I wanted to say because I I didn't want to put my speech onto somebody else. Right. And so when I came back, I started making changes in in my life. And six months after that, I started stand-up. And part of it was, was um, I was seeing this guy... Uh, and, and I wasn't really seeing him at this point, but um, he was a, 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 a guy who s- s- stuttered and he had just moved into this place where his roommate was a s- stand-up and he hmm. was going to go with him to an open mic. And I was like, oh my God, you have to go to the mic and you have to try it out and you have uh. to do it. 
It's all, you know, I don't want to. I'm all, no, you have to, because that'd be so hot. You got to do this. <laughs> I was trying to talk him into it. Um, he's like, no. And, and I hung up the phone and I was like, oh, oh, I want to be a, be a s- 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 stuttering s- stand-up comic. Right. Because it's that thing of women sometimes, we put our dreams onto our partners. Right, right. And it was like, no, this is my dream, so I have to do it. So. Yeah. So did you have a mentor? I mean, in comedy, you have all kinds, you know? Right. It's like you have a lot of people. But there wasn't, when I s- s- started, I was the only female comedian who s- s- stuttered in the world hmm. um, because like we're women aren't a lot in comedy and they're not right. a lot in s- s- stuttering so the what are those circles this confectual like right. I'm signing it I don't know how to do it <laughs> but it's that big right if everyone at home can see um so it's so it's it's a super small population so it's right. not like I was gonna find a stuttering female comic who could mentor me right that was the first one well, how would how was the comedy world reacting to you as a comic? You know, comedy is bizarro world <laughs> because, like, people are like, "Oh, wow, you're gonna be famous because of this!" Hmm. Like, <laughs> right? Like, they're like, "Oh, this is something you could totally exploit," and like, I'm pretty sensitive about how I tell my jokes. Like, right. to me. The butt of the joke should be the person who I'm making fun of for mm-hmm. being rude to me and not like, ha, 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 I s- s- stuttered on this word. And sometimes it is that because it comes up, but it's not, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not where I want to place my comedic energy. I want to place it because I come from... Um, it's the comedians who I loved were like Richard Pryor right. and Paul Mo- Mooney who really put that 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 there is racism and there is di- discrimination and mm-hmm. that laughing at that stuff and making fun of that as a way to put uh as a way to magnify it right well how do you feel about the comedians that have part of their gig is is making fun of people with disabilities I mean how do you handle that have you come across that at all I mean there's there are some people who kind of do that but it's not like their whole act Mm -hmm. um I think like I have a big problem with the word with the word with the word re and and I stutter on it a lot so I could just say the r word but I'm not I'm gonna say it um, I have a big problem with the word, with the word re, 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 retarded. Mm-hmm. Like that word I hate. Yeah. And, and like, I really tried to write some material on it and I couldn't. Like it just gets me so angry. Right. I just get her and do it. Um, even to educate. Yeah. Even to educate. Yeah. It's, it's just hard for me. Um, but you know, we'll have comics on occasion who will use the word or and use the word in in an un, uh, uh, ironic way because there are some comics who can kind of s- skate around it. Um, but like, if I'm on after them, I will say something. Right. Like yeah. you know, like 
stand-up comics really shouldn't be the ones putting someone down. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Aren't we there to lift them up and make them laugh and, yeah, well, and kind of make them forget about what's going on in the world? Stand-up comics are not like, like they are the last ones to think that they should be better than anybody else because mm-hmm. they live on the fringes much more than anybody else. So right. or why are you punching like this when like, you think you're punching down, but you're really punching up because um, someone with a disability probably is doing much better than some of the comics who are doing these jokes. Right. Yeah. So when you went to the conference, was there anyone that encouraged you to go for your dream or was it just a realization during that experience that was like, I just need to do this? You know, it was really just... Coming to an understanding that as a woman, I was making myself s- s- small, um, and like you know, men when they when they s- s- spread out, mm-hmm. they have their legs and their arms like on Bart or or on the bus, and <laughs> right. <they're> like, Bleh. <laughs> and women, we are taught to make our ourselves. S- small and you know exactly and i think like women in the 20 in the in their 20s they don't understand this as much as somebody who's in their 40s who was raised with this thing of like step out of the way put other people first also i'm italian american so that cultural (laughs) piece comes in Uh, and so um and so like trying to make other people comfortable by not interacting and not saying things or not doing things. Right. Um, so that was a big part of it. And and the comedy wouldn't come for five more months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that had to happen first. Right. So tell me more about the words, uh, is it stutter splaining? Oh, yeah. And what it means. Okay, yes. This is something that I cover in my book, <laughs> <laughs> which I also have a whole thing on it. And this is like... Like, people love to give you advice. And, and I know, like, we're in the Bay Area, so, like, mm-hmm. you have a, a, a stomach issue or something like that. Someone will say, oh, you should try a gluten-free diet. Right. Like, <laughs> like they just hop to it every time. Right. And um, what they say is going to be the all-cure-all cure in your novel experience. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. either gluten or weed. Like, yeah. that is, <laughs> in the Bay Area, that is the cure. And, and a lot of times, for me, the advice comes in the form of, like, I was listening to NPR. I know, like, oh, no, they listen to NPR. <laughs> they think they're an expert. Um. And so with stutter splaining, it's when someone who is fluent tells someone who stutters about their speech. Mm-hmm. And I've heard everything from um, just so, so slow down, breathe, like as if I didn't think about <laughs> those things in the 35 plus years. Um, also, anything from like once I was on a radio Station and somebody called up and they said, "Their that 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 their friends stuttered and found true love and then that cured their speech." Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like There's some snake oil while you're at it. Right. No, it's a totally the and then like like and then the connotation that like sex cures your speech. Which right. I had that too. Which once after a show, <laughs> guy came up to me and said that I had stuttered because I'm having the wrong kinds of 
orgasms. Interesting. Yeah. And you know what he meant by that? <laughs> no. The butt. He meant oh, the butt. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think you stutter through that hole. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a linkage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's just where people's stutter splaining is when people explain it and you're like, yeah. Ugh. And and people see something on TV and they're like, oh, I'm going to tell you about this thing. Or I saw the King speech. I'm going to tell you about this thing. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, so it's, how do you, we're the experts. How do you react to that? I mean, how do you kind of let them down that... You know, it depends on the context. It depends on who the person is. It depends what their intention is. Um, like once, and this was well before I was doing stand-up, I was just at a networking thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about something. I'm really into this thing. The woman stops me. She was a life coach. She stops me and says, you know what? I saw this thing um, that you put on your ears and that it makes you stop Stuttering, and I was like, "Oh well, you know that is called a speech easy." And first of all, it's five thousand bucks. <laughs> and second of all, sometimes people's brains get acclimated, and then it stops working. Hmm. And second of all, I choose to educate my environment about waiting instead of working on me to be fluent because that would take a lot of time. Right. And then she was like, "Well, I just wanted to make sure you knew that." Right. Like, oh, yeah. People, I think some people have good intentions, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's, you know, let's have out thinking about what you're going to say before you say it, yeah. you know, and if it will really matter or make a difference, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and there's so many other aspects to ourselves that, like, when it comes to a d disability issue, like, people mm -hmm. want to focus in on that, but we're a whole bunch of other things too right and if you could acknowledge those other things it'd be a lot better yeah and i think people need to learn how to be more uh, of a listener mm -hmm. and be patient with other people speaking instead yeah. of speaking over them yeah so. and so just to ask you and this is that part that you could probably edit out if you want to right. <laughs> but um because we had a conversation before we went on about like just to wait and and stuff like that and I don't know, you, you could have 10,000 friends who stutter, I don't know, or I may be the first one. What's it like for you, especially as a podcast person, to have someone who talks like me? Um, I don't have, I don't think I know anybody that stutters. And so it's, um, it's not uncomfortable, but it's, it, it just lets me think like I have that urge to mm -hmm. kind of finish your sentence yes. sometimes and but I do that normally with people yeah so it doesn't, sometimes it's, it's not a necessarily thing. because you're you're having you're stuttering mm -hmm. it's just because that's who I am as a person sometimes yeah, yeah. so I've been you know I, it hasn't been a, you know that big of a deal but I'm definitely aware of it yeah and um I mean, I don't know, for me, I'm more concerned about how you feel mm -hmm. when you're stuttering. I mean, mm -hmm. how how do you feel when you mm -hmm. stuttered? Are you like self-conscious? Are you at the point where it just it's just part of who Bucket. you are and it's <laughs> not a big deal? I mean, yeah. I think that's what comes across my mind. Yeah, and that is such a good question because I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, so I, I think it depends 
like where I am and who the person is. I think a lot of time. Well, okay, so people's facial expression kind of tells me right. how they feel. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get people who give the look, and every person who stutters knows the look, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, what's going on? Oh, oh. Like I had that once at a work thing. Interesting. And I was like, fuck you. Right. Hey. Internally, I was like, fuck you. Um, and um and so like fuck you could be going on in my head (laughs) or like i'm thinking like oh is this person uncomfortable or oh i have to get this out Hmm. or like because so sometimes we will substitute words to make it easier like sometimes people lie on their name when they're at starbucks so that they don't have Uh, to have a situation right um and and like if, if I spoke in a funny voice, then I could be more fluent. So mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm calling someone on the phone, I'll say, hello, this is Nina. Like a businessy voice. Right. Right. Um, and it helps me to be fluent. Um, it also isn't who I am because right. yeah. people will say like, oh, well, because Ma- Marilyn Ma- Ma- Monroe was a woman who s- s- stuttered. And that's why didn't she talked that. like this. Yes. Oh, interesting. That's why she talked like this. Because s- 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 stuttering is on the left side. Mm-hmm. And when you use a weird voice or when you sing, it's on the right s- s- side of the brain. So when she talked like this, it helped to put speech on the right side of the brain instead of the left side. And she didn't know wow. that. She had no idea. Interesting. But... Like, to be that person all the time, what does it do to you? Yeah. And I think we want people to do that instead of just waiting. Well, and I think think we want you to do that because then we don't feel uncomfortable. Exactly. And and then that's not how it is. Yeah. I mean, we can't, with any disability, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't not accommodate. Yeah. Excuse me. And, you know, expect you to make us not feel uncomfortable yeah so. yeah and I, and I think that goes for other things too because like it'd be more comfortable if somebody acted like this or they wore right. these kinds of clothes or they did this or that exactly and it, it's just something in us that we don't allow that flexibility to um acclimate to to who someone is mm-hmm. and i think just as a culture we need to move toward that right exactly so this we may have already touched on this but what should people know about stuttering that they usually get wrong or mm. don't know yeah i think we did touch on that um i don't know if i can add anything else let, let me think here uh, i mean i think we're only one percent of the population and i think like people are gonna mess up you, you might interrupt someone or you might give some sh- shitty advice mm-hmm. um, and to just be humble if someone's like, oh, could you let me finish or something like that. Right. And also, I think that actually this is what I want to say. Um, there are situations where I have friends that are fluent who will kind of like either I know I can call them when something happens like oh, this person said this and they're a big asshole, right? Or they'll say like, oh yeah, I I think they meant to be an asshole or they didn't Mm -hmm. need to be an asshole and we talk it through and they help me. And I think that is something that I would love to have more 
friends that are fluent who could do that kind of conversation without taking offense. Right. Because it's not about you. It's about the situation and just reflecting back what what, what had happened. Then there's also like in comedy, um, my, my, my 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 friend me mean dave um he sometimes kind of like blocks some of those weird comments where i don't have to go through the entire brain explanation when when a comedian says like oh yeah nina i always thought you were comfortable with me but then you started stuttering and then and i was like oh she must not be comfortable but then you changed your speech and then you were it's like if i'm pmsing i might (laughs) stutter more like it has nothing to do with the person right um and then sometimes dave will come in and say well no that's actually a brain thing and then he'll explain it Mm -hmm. or if somebody says something Either he'll just look at me like, oh, it's going to be a fun night, right? (laughs) Or, you know, just having someone who will sometimes kind of take the brunt of it instead of me always having to do the thing. Right. I can just kind of sit back like, oh, this is funny. (laughs) So what inspired you to get involved in uh, disability advocacy? Um, You know, when I was a kid, I actually, since we're in Castro Valley, um, I was coming from Oakland and I passed my old school um, in San Leandro on 580, and I won't say what the s- s- school is, but I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was there mm-hmm. in, in third grade. That was a Catholic school. Catholic school. So what's worth being a dis- you know having <gasps> disability or going to Catholic school? Catholic school so much worse. <laughs> no, what I tell everybody is like you should never pity me for having dyslexia or 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 for. S- s- Tuttering, but you can totally pity me for going to Catholic school in the <laughs> yeah. 1980s. Yeah, I'm the youngest of six, and I was the only one that didn't have to oh, go to Catholic so, school. You must be so. Irish? No. No. Polish. Polish. English. Okay. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. you know, a good Catholic family of six, I guess. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, you're so lucky you dodged <laughs> the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that is where I learned about advocacy <laughs> because oh, interesting. my... Yeah, well, because, oh, because they of were how... so resistant. Got it. And um, and this was the 1980s. There was no a a a ADA. Right. Um, we didn't know about priests abusing their power yet. So, um, Catholic school had a ton of kids in there. Hmm. Um, when we found that out, a lot of kids came out, and that's when the Catholic schools were like, "Well, let's start to accommodate." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I should just say there are some wonderful Catholic schools that are doing wonderful right. work, <laughs> not the ones I went to. Right. Um, right. and so every year, and this was more around my, around my dis, 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 dyslexia mm-hmm. that my parents would have to ask for an accommodation. Like, can she get more time on this or can she do her geography test and not have spelling count if you know what she's trying to say. Right. And they would say things like she doesn't belong in this school, Mm. that it's unfair to the other kids and just not understanding it. And so my parents were really good models there. And then I went to high school and high school, I went to public school 
Alameda High, and I had an IEP, which is an individualized education plan mm -hmm. for kids who get s s special ed s services. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. It was great. Yeah. And my mom was just kind of like, you're on your own now. You advocate <laughs> yourself. Right. And she knew that my teachers ha had my back and that right. she knew what to do if I needed her. And I started to learn those skills. And then I went to community college and it was awesome and great. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Berkeley, which was pretty good. Not yeah. as great as as the community college. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, just because it's so big and, um, and it's not as individualized. I see. Yeah. I see. And community college is just awesome. Yeah. Like for di disability stuff, most of them are really good. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I love them. Um, but then when I went to grad school, it was a private school, and it felt like I was going back into Catholic school, uh. where I had teachers who were saying like, "Oh, it, if you need this or that in grad school, then you're not going to be s s successful here." Wow. Yeah. And, That's encouraging, isn't it? Right? And that is... You would is, think educators would be, you know, oh, a, a little more educated about... No, the higher up that you get, a lot of times people are like, you have to look and learn and talk like I do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you don't belong here. Interesting. Um, and so that's when it started up again. Huh. Yeah, that's too bad because you would mm -hmm. think that... As you get older, it would be easier mm -hmm. to adjust or have accommodations and people, yeah. you know, react to you a certain way. You know, and that's kind of where being in grad school, um, like, it felt very, very inauthentic to who I was because mm -hmm. I was talking in this voice. Like, I was a kid from special ed, but I was... Um, around all these really smart, smart people who mm -hmm. I was like, eh, they're smart, but I saw some <laughs> kids when I was in s s special ed who were probably <laughs> really, really smart. <laughs> um, they may be in jail now, but they were really <laughs> smart. <laughs> um, and, um, and it was really frustrating to have to speak in that language that mm -hmm. wasn't me. And comedies kind of helped me to integrate my thoughts that are, you know, like love, like around advocacy, mm -hmm. um, with words that fit me along with the dick jokes. Right. Like, <laughs> like bringing all those things in has right. really helped me. Well, um, that thread's a good segue into my next question. Uh, what's your method, ritual, practice of creating new material? Um, you know, it depends. Like, I sometimes I will work on a certain joke or a certain set, like, really, really hard, and I do it again and again, mm -hmm. and, and it <clears throat> can go on for months before I even put it onto a showcase. Right. Um, and, then, and, and, and around my s s speech with that is that I don't write jokes to not s stutter. So the first time that mm -hmm. I go on, that, that I go on, uh, on stage with it, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm gonna stutter on, so I find out there, um, and then I usually keep that. Like I, I try to speak the way that I speak, whether or not I 
stutter. But I do become more fluent the more that I say it because, mm. like, I can do a hell. This is a bad example. I'm gonna say, but I can do a hell, 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 Mary right now. Mm -hmm. Other than the title of it, I can do the whole thing and be totally fluent. Right. Um. But um. And so going into jokes that is like blah 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 blah, it it becomes fluent the more that I say it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that and so there's like the creative process and then the stuttering process. Mm -hmm. But then there's other things that when you're a person or especially a woman who stutters, mm -hmm. shit just happens and you're like, oh, this is new. This is going to be my act. Right. So it's just a gift from the assholes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like that. Get yeah. from the assholes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that should be the title of your next next book. <laughs> yeah. Get from the assholes. <laughs> um, uh, I had a question. As far as the topics of your jokes, mm -hmm. are they more about your life? Are they like topics like events, you know, going mm -hmm. on in the world? Is it a mixture of both? Or? Yeah, I'd say it's a mixture of bo both. What I find, though, is that... Like, I could write a joke about something, but if I'm not passionate uh, uh, about it, it's going to fall away. Mm. Like, I'm not going to keep it. It's so if you don't feel it, yeah, if you yeah. don't feel it, it kind of sloths off. Mm -hmm. So you must have to do quite a bit of writing so those that do go to the wayside that you still have. You yes, know, a big chunk of. I I'm always at an open mic, and like a lot of people who are at my s stage, they don't grind it out at a, at an open mic. Mm. But I do, and and also like I wanted to do this for a really long time, right? And and I spontaneously said this in a podcast, and now my friend makes fun of me. My friend Eric <laughs> he makes fun of me all the time. But the thing that I said in a podcast was every audience is a gift right it's like oh my god that's so awful <laughs> ah, ah. and then like you know whenever i do badly he's like oh so was this audience a gift <laughs> but i do kind of feel that way right. <laughs> because i wanted to do this for so long yeah like i just feel lucky to be able to be on stage and um and even when it goes shitty i'm still thankful yeah yeah um and mostly go shitty especially <laughs> at the open mic so <laughs> well it gives you that practice right exactly so let's talk about your book mm -hmm. um can you describe your book what can people get out of it um and what prompted you to write it um i think what prompted me was um like just pe so right now on the internet on TV shows, on Facebook, mm -hmm. everything is, how did Emily Blunt overcome her s s s stuttering? How did this person get cured? Like, it's all focused wow. on a cure. Right. And it's like, that is a least interesting part about s s stuttering. Mm -hmm. And I think there are all of these no, no nuances mm -hmm. that happen um, that we never get to talk about. Right. And, and I wanted to talk about those. And I wanted to talk about it. it like, for me, comedy was always there. And mm -hmm. so, like, when I was a kid, I named a stuffed animal after 
Gilda Ratner. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was just way into it. And, yeah. and I had a sock puppet that I named Edith Thann when I was eight, <laughs> um, who she eventually got signed by oh, Lily Tomlin. I was, oh, oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, and so that was always there. And like the day that I discovered the National Stuttering Association, mm-hmm. I was watching Late Night with David Letterman because I loved comedy. And then, yeah. like, that comedy led me to find this group. And um, and so it was always there. And this stuttering has been there since I was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do those things intertwine in my life um, was a thing for me. And also, I get a lot of people asking me, like, oh, how do you overcome stuttering I was like you're asking the wrong person (laughs) Um, but I think a lot of it is like when I didn't do comedy it was because I was internalizing stigma Mm -hmm. that I had internalized that I should be alone that 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 I was isolated that I should have shame over the way that I talked all of these things and there is a theory from Sheehan that is commonly used in speech and language to explain stuttering that 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 it that it is an iceberg and what you see at the very top is the speech and the repetition and the grimaces and all of that stuff but underneath that is the negative feelings yeah and I think that an iceberg is like the clouds in the sky, mm-hmm. that if you just kind of shift it, it doesn't have to be that, where right. shame can turn into pride and isolation into community. Right. And I just wanted to show how that has applied to my own life and mm-hmm. how comedy's been part of that. Right. That's great. So... Speaking of the comedy and the the shame and the negativity, how do you, when you're up on the stage and you're doing your bit and there's some, you know, somebody out there that decides that they're smarter than you are and they're funnier mm-hmm. than you are, mm-hmm. um, how do you handle, do you react to that? Mm-hmm. Do you ignore them? How do you handle that? Well, I kind of feel <clears throat> that as somebody who has had dyslexia in my entire life and and just started to stutter when I was eight, that I have encountered these people my entire life. My entire mm-hmm. life, I've had people say, you know, it, like, whoa, 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 what? Or did you forget your own name? Or mm-hmm. all these things. Mm-hmm. And so I have built responses to all of these things. Right. So whenever anything happens, I'm like, okay. I didn't say anything there, but I'm going to write this down. I'm going to have a response for the next time because right. I know there's going to be a next time. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like I have, I, I am one of those guys who has a black belt in ka, ka, karate. Right. And like I, that, 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 that I go onto an isolated s- s- street mm-hmm. just so I can get into a fight. <laughs> and that's what it feels like on stage. Like, oh, yeah, come on, come on, come on. I totally have this. So. Right, right. Well, I know that comedians get heckled any, anyway. Yeah. You know, um, so I just 
wanted to get your perspective on that because who knows if it happens more or less or the same I mean you don't yeah I mean I I think I'm sometimes more heckled for females stuff than right. I am about <laughs> the speech yeah. so so it's like yeah, that's it's, fine it's I can not do one that thing too. you know it's, exactly. it's another yeah. but you know the place where I get this a lot um isn't necessary isn't really hecklers but mm-hmm. it is youtube comments uh-huh. and the youtubers are just horrible yeah, they're like, ruthless yeah. oh my god like i've gotten like 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 the funny ones or stuff like there's meat in my fridge that is funnier than her like at least that's funny but mostly <laughs> it's like i want to see your boobs and like a lot like ugh. Uh-huh. and um, and I've made like fifteen hundred bucks off of them, by the way. Oh, like, good. Yeah, well, at least you're yeah, making money. No, I monetize <laughs> trolls. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another book you should write. How to get money off of trolls? Yes, yes. People want to know that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an important so. thing. I mean, it's only it's like fifteen hundred bucks after ten years, so it's not the best <laughs> business plan. But <laughs> but it's something, right? Um, and, and I think like the hecklers, I will engage there. Mm-hmm. For the YouTube stuff, I don't because I know it's just a bottomless pit. Right. Yeah. Of social media yeah. is that way. Yeah. For sure. So I just, eh, they said that I suck and that women aren't funny. I'm not going to engage in that because it'll be, it'll take up all my time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any, t- you don't yeah. have time for that. <laughs> so your book is, um, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. no. Stutter I, I Interrupted. You. The comedian who almost didn't happen and it is out for pre-orders right mm-hmm. on amazon is it anywhere yes. else um it's on barnes and noble and it's popping up in some other s- s- stores too of course okay. you can always talk to your local bookstore and ask them to do a pre-order there and i encourage you to do that oh, good instead. okay so great and then it comes out officially in august yes august 6th awesome well thank you so much for being on Women Who Sarcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, talk to our listeners next time. Thanks. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. You can find him at mikeimbasiani.com.